0: What's up, everybody? Oh, my goodness. Happy Valentine's Day. How exciting. It is uh, the world's worst holiday. I know that sounds like somebody who hasn't found love. That's not true. i found love for a long time. My wife of seven years, AK, uh, was the recipient of some lovely earrings. I hope she doesn't listen to this draft of this podcast before it goes live. Or uh, You know what, Breach? John Breach is on with me today to celebrate Valentine's Day. But I hope that my wife doesn't wake up first thing in the morning and then take our dog on a walk and listen to the pick six podcast. Cause it's in your inbox. It's in your podcast app every morning, uh, by like six a.m. So she can listen to that before I've even given her the earrings. That would, that would stink. Uh, I'm Will Brinson, by the way, the host of this podcast. It's daily throughout the offseason. We got big news. Joe Flacco traded yesterday. Antonio Brown demanding a trade. Uh, but first happy Valentine's Day breach. What did you get? Uh, what did you get Thanks, your, lovely, what did you get your lovely wife?
1: Well, well, let me just say that I would rather not spend any there's no one else I'd rather spend Valentine's Day with than you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right out of the bucket here. I was going to get you a present, but I thought my wife would get mad. Uh, and, you know, if your wife does listen in the morning and it spoils the gift, I think then the, you tell her the gift is that she got a shout-out on the podcast. So it's <laughs> like a double gift.
0: That's a good point. Do you want to hear a really good story about Valentine's Day really quickly? Um, uh, of course. So, you know, I had, like, some stuff I was getting my wife, but nothing big. Um, and my mother-in-law calls me. Says, "Brenton." I'm like, oh boy. Brinson, I'm gonna get AK a gift card from Charlotte's, which is like a clo- fancy clothes, jewelry, stuff place, you know, here in, here in Raleigh. She's like, I'm gonna get her a gift card, can you go pick it up for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. I pull it into Charlotte's and it hits me like a ton of bricks, Breach. She has pulled the ultimate chess move on me. Because I can't go into Charlotte's and get a, get my wife the gift card and bring it back and be like, this is from your mom. And be like, I didn't get you anything from Charlotte's. So I have to go into Charlotte's and buy the damn earrings. What a power play by Shishi. Shout out to Shishi. Incredible chess move there. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast either.
1: That's straight out of the handbook. That's a power move. If, uh, I'm going to see it coming now if anybody tries to pull that on me.
0: Yeah. My mother-in-law is a, as, uh, is a professional in her own sport. Um, speaking of professionals, by the way, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, a former professional Baltimore Ravens quarterback, no longer with the Ravens. Joe Flacco traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Denver Broncos. CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lockenfora confirms, uh, Adam Schefter was first with the news. And I got to tell you, Breach, when it dropped, it was shocking. Would you say it was shocking? I would say it was shocking.
1: I, I literally dropped what I was holding. I think I had a <laughs> cup of coffee and it was just over the counter. So I didn't like drop it on the floor, but it was one of those, wow, where did this come from? I think we all thought the Ravens were gonna get rid of Flacco, but we didn't know when and we didn't know how and a trade in the middle of February is absolutely shocking.
0: Yeah, no, I here's the thing. I like I saw the tweet from Schefter, and I was like, Whoa, like it's it was here's my here's my baseline for was this surprising or not? If I have to check to see if it was a real Adam Schefter tweet, then it is surprising. And this was one of those where you had to check it because it felt like it could be fake, but not because Flacco wouldn't be traded. He was totally going to get moved to another team this offseason. Jason Lockeford reported... Immediately after the Ravens selected Lamar Jackson in the 2018 NFL draft that Flacco's time was up after the 2018 season, we all knew it. John Harbaugh basically said it. We're all waiting for to see how it happened. But the idea that they could get a mid-round pick, which is what the compensation is, and and JLC's reported it could be up to a fourth-round pick for Joe Flacco, a guy they were going to cut anyway – that's that's the really surprising thing. And I give I give uh new GM Eric DaCosta a whole lot of credit for being able to get something out of Joe Flacco. It's gonna be sixteen million dollars in dead cap space here, but to be able to move Flacco like that, um, you don't have to cut him, you know, he won your you know, won your franchise a Super Bowl. You don't feel like a jerk for you know, there's no bad public relations stuff. And I don't know, I mean like it's a win for the for the Ravens in my opinion. As for the Broncos, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like the move by Denver.
1: I mean, I think it's win-win. I, right. I, I This is a video. You couldn't see the face that Brinson just made, but he was not thrilled with the Broncos' side of this trade. I see it in your face, Brinson. but here's the thing. The Broncos' window is closing. They have this defense that's going to be good for like two more years. Case Keenum clearly isn't the answer. I mean, we saw him. They went 6-10 last year with Case Keenum. So you say, hey, we need a new quarterback. You give up a fourth-round pick. The Broncos were not going to get anybody in the draft for a fourth-round pick that could be a starting quarterback for them next season. So if you literally think Joe Flacco is the answer, I mean, if they just go 9-7 and seven next year, then they won this trade. So I think Joe Flacco still has some left in the tank, and I think giving up a fourth-round pick to get him. You look at what the Redskins gave up to give Alex Smith, way more than a fourth-round pick. You look at uh the Tyron Taylor deal, I think, between was it the Bills and the Browns, more than a fourth
0: round pick. So when you compare it to other quarterback trades, this thing was a steal. I, maybe. But here's the problem. If you look at Joe Flacco and Casey Keenum stats from 2015 to 2018, and uh, credit Ben Baldwin of The Athletic for, 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 putting these up there on Twitter. I mean, anybody can look for him, but he was, he was there first. They're the same dude. I mean, like maybe if you go to a per game basis, Flacco's averaging 25, uh, you know, yards and point two touchdowns more, but he's averaging point two interceptions more. Uh, Case Keenum averages three yards rushing more. They have 82.7 quarterback rating for Flacco in that span, 86.1 for Keenum, 63.9% completion percentage for Flacco, 63.5 for Keenum. Flacco's got, again, more yards and touchdowns, but he has, uh, more starts and Keenum's career, uh, or the approximate value, um, in, in that stretch is higher. So in other words, he's been more valuable. And I think that if you took, if you said who had, who's who had the best season out of those guys in, mm-hmm. in that span, you would totally say it was case Keenum in 2017. To me, it was, a, it's a no brainer. That's the best. Joe Flacco has never led the league breach in a single statistical, a meaningful statistical category not even interceptions not yards per attempt not yards he's only been over 4000 passing yards once he's never been over 27 t- passing touchdowns he's only been under 10 interceptions one time and that was when uh, last year when he only played 9 games he got replaced by Lamar Jackson he's a statue in the pocket he can throw downfield but he's 34 are they I mean are, how there's no guaranteed money on his contract so I like that But I don't know. I mean this is like you it's like Ryan Wilson, our colleague said it best. It's like, Oh, congratulations, John Elway. You just got tall Case Keenum. Move up. (laughs) Good work, buddy. You got a you got you (laughs) got your same quarterback except he's taller and he has a unibrow. Congratulations.
1: Uh I agree with about ninety percent of everything you said, but throwing out the Case Keenum Joe Flacco comparisons, I'm not sure how sold I am on that because look, Case Keenum got to play with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, uh he gets to play with That was in 2017 played Emmanuel Sanders last year. You give Joe Flacco those receivers, then he's going to lead the NFL in something. He might throw for 5,000 yards with that Vikings offense. So uh, I think that Joe Flacco, if he had been in the same situation as Case Keenum for the past three years, would have put up huge numbers compared to what he did in Baltimore, where they were always running the ball, defense, you know, it's what the Ravens do, what the Ravens do. Uh, You put him on the Vikings in 2017, mm, you know, I I don't know, maybe the Vikings uh, make win that no, nfc title game but probably no. not because they got smoked by the eagles in philly but i'm just saying that uh, it's not comparable situation so i don't think it's fair to compare them you're high on you're high on Flacco. is what you're saying high I, on Flacco? it's way too high i didn't think i would be this high on Flacco, <laughs> yeah, no, and this is what's happening
0: i didn't either i thought that we need so like this is easy i get to bash Flacco. i could do that all day usually it's like there's somebody else joining me in it i, I thought it is an interesting note from nfl research um, this is the tweet, why Flacco, the Broncos brass, remember him at his best. Um, in the 2012 Super Bowl run that they had, he had 331 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions in the 2012 AFC divisional game against Denver. John Elway, the GM then of course, Peyton Manning was the the quarterback then, right? It was Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning was the quarterback, right? And then they, they Raheem Moore got beat deep. That looked like a Super Bowl Broncos team. And, and the, 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 the um, the Ravens just caught fire in the playoffs. And then in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, against Vic Fangio, the current Broncos, uh, coach who was just hired from the Bears, he went for 287 yards, three touchdowns and zero interceptions. He was named the Super Bowl MVP, of course. Um, and that's really what, like, if you took, that's what, when, when all is said and done, when Joe Flacco is, when the, when the world, when we're all dead and gone and Joe Flacco is, Still making twenty four million dollars a year. We're gonna. He will always be remembered for that Super Bowl run, that stretch of playoff games where he just blacked out, turned into Joe Montana, lit up everybody in his path, won the Ravens a Super Bowl, and turned and looked at Steve Biscotti, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, and said, "Hey, I told you if if I won you a Super Bowl." You had to pay me. And they, and they're like, yeah, we, we laughed at you and said, you're not going to win us the Super Bowl, Joe. We'll give you whatever you want. And then they, they owned <laughs> up and they gave him the biggest contract in football. I mean, it, and I mean, look, look I, I don't want to disparage Joe Flacco because I think he's a really good person. Like, you know what I mean? Like he always comes across as, you know, he won the Super Bowl MVP and he goes to McDonald's and like he's a chill guy. He's never caused any problems for his team. He, um, he is, he, with Lamar Jackson, he wasn't a mentor for Lamar Jackson, but he definitely wasn't an impediment to Lamar Jackson. He stood back and and let Jackson be his own quarterback when 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 the rookie took over last year. Um, Flacco has always sort of said what's on his mind. He's never been a diva. He's a blue collar guy. He came from Delaware, first round pick, but he you know he just grinded out starts for the Ravens, and he never felt like he got a fair shake because he never played in a high octane offense. Like if he, maybe he played in an up tempo offense where he could throw the ball down the field with good receivers, he has numbers. And he is a bit of a Twitter punching bag. But it's just, for me, there's no upgrade here for the Broncos. Like, it's just John Elway falling in love with another tall, big arm quarterback who thinks he's going to win a Super Bowl with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hear that argument. I totally hear it. You could say Joe Flacco might be horrible next year, but as we already said, there's no... Ramifications. There's no consequence for cutting him after one season. They're not going to take any hit on the salary cap. It's free. So this is like a free one year tryout with Joe Flacco. And again, we can talk about January Joe and how he earned all that money in that one postseason where they won the Super Bowl but look this is a guy who every single season that he has ever played in the NFL and started all 16 games he's never had a losing record so it's like we can talk about how he never leads in anything but he also doesn't make any just crushing mistakes all he does is allow you to compete he keeps you in games and once in a while he actually wins them but not very much once in a while lately uh, but he's just enough to win with, and that's that's so. I, if I'm John, Dewey, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely taking this one-year risk on Flacco. All
0: right, uh, and look, do you, does it help that the 2020 quarterback class, which is going to feature Tua, who we're just calling Tua because I butcher his last name every time I try and pronounce his name, um, as well as other quarterbacks? I think uh, is it Jake Fromm from Georgia and Josh Fields, maybe from Ohio State, are going to be in that class. Uh, is better. We're supposed to be better, and our friend Ryan Wilson, our NFL, uh, is he the senior NFL draft expert? Is that senior NFL draft blogger? Is that right? I can't remember what he is. Um, but anyway, Wilson's Ron- going
1: to sue you for butchering his title, yeah, Brenton. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I like to butcher it on purpose. He's like, I'm just an NFL writer, um, but. <laughs> like the 2020 and 2021 quarterback class is better than the 2019 class based on you know most projections. Do you think that helps too? So now the Broncos are in a position where all right, we got Flacco. Let's see what happens for a year and then we'll try and draft somebody and and, it, and maybe it's a guy that Vic Fangio can work with. I mean, or Vic Fangio can hire somebody to work with. Do you think that's a big factor here?
1: Oh, absolutely cuz look, here's here's the two things that're going to happen either Flacco plays lights out, you guys make the playoffs and then you're not in a spot where you can take a quarterback, but that's okay. Cause you still have Flacco under contract for two more years after that. So that's a win or Flacco sucks. You have a top pick in the draft. You're in a perfect spot to take a quarterback. And then you cut Flacco at no money loss. So I think it's win win one year flyer and there's no downside here.
0: Okay. Uh, here's what else. And now, now here's the question. If you're John Elway and you're sitting at, uh, what are the Broncos? 10, Um I gotta look up this. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. The Broncos are sitting with a high pick. If you, do you consider drafting a quarterback this year to pair along with Flacco? But knowing that, you know, if you do that and the Broncos are at 10, thank you, I'm a genius. Um, and Ryan Wilson has pointed out that John Elway theoretically loves Drew Locke. Another big, strong-arm quarterback, but a guy you might not want to throw in right away. Do you consider drafting a quarterback to pair along with Joe Flacco? And I assume, Breach, that the, the Broncos are not going to, like, extend Joe Flacco. Surely it's just like, hey, buddy, we're going to take you on for as long as you'll play. you play well, you can keep getting this big contract. But we will probably draft somebody in the near future.
1: I don't know. Do not draft a quarterback in this year's draft with the first round, in the first round. Maybe later you take a flyer on someone. Uh, bring him in the camp just so Flacco has somebody to compete with. But I do not think you take one in the first round. I think you beat the team up. Again, this defense doesn't have a very big window. They're not going to be very good for much longer. So you just build as much as you can. And then if Flacco sucks, you go for that quarterback in 2020. But maybe take an offensive lineman, uh take someone that's going to beef up the team with that first-round pick.
0: Um, all right, fair enough. Here, I got a question for you. Do you think that John Elway, let me see if I still have this open or if I got to go find it? Um, do you think that John Elway knows what he's should doing? Should be fired? Yes. <laughs> do you think that John Elway knows what, he, what he's doing? Do you think John Elway should be fired if this doesn't work out? Oh, look, John Elway lucked into Peyton
1: Manning. Okay, there's no, uh, yes, he was the one willing to take the risk, but there are other teams that wanted Peyton Manning, the Houston Texans. And, and Manning just felt comfortable with them. So it wasn't necessarily Elway saying, hey, I went out and found this great quarterback. We all knew what Peyton Manning was, and we knew if he got healthy that he was going to be a great quarterback again. And he got healthy. So Elway shouldn't really get any credit for bringing Peyton Manning to Denver. And if he doesn't, this would be the whole, his whole tenure there would be an abysmal failure. So I do think if this blows up in their face, you cannot let him near another quarterback. You cannot let him draft a quarterback in 2020, so you just get rid of him. If the Flacco thing blows up, you cut Flacco, you
0: fire Elway, and then you just start over. Did you know that if you look at the number of seasons where somebody has attempted, let's see, since 2015, somebody has attempted, let's say, uh, how many What 25 passes? Somebody who is more than 78 inches tall. That's six foot six, right? Um, I'm going to try this with 25 passing attempts. There are 29 seasons, 29 examples of somebody who is six foot six or taller attempting 25 or more passes. (laughs) Three of them, assuming that the Joe Flacco trade goes through, will have eventually played under John Elway. Uh, in Denver, because you have Flacco, who has one, two, three, four of those seasons. Brock Osweiler has three of those seasons, two with Denver, one with Houston. And Paxton Lynch has two of those seasons. Is it possible, Breach, that John Elway is incorrectly obsessed with tall, quarterbacks believing that guys who are six six like is it possible that he's falling in love with these physical specimens and and tricking himself into believing that these tall guys with big arms can sling it down the field?
1: Oh, absolutely it's possible. And I bet the first guy that walked into LA's office with Kyler Murray's draft profile probably got fired. <laughs> he was like a five ten quarterback? What am I gonna do with that crap? You know, like, this guy only looks at tall quarterbacks. He clearly has no idea what to look for in a quarterback, which is obviously ironic since he was a quarterback. Uh, It's just, it's like he looks at their height, that's the first and only thing, probably doesn't watch film and says, all right, he's over 6'5", we're taking him, we're signing that guy, we're getting that guy, get me a 6'5 quarterback. And so it's crazy because we've seen so many, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, we've seen so many quarterbacks who aren't tall succeed, and Elway is just... Totally ignoring all these facts that smaller quarterbacks can have success in the NFL, and he keeps going for the guys cut from the same cloth, and it just makes no sense. You know, strike one, you get it, you mess up with strike two, but he just keeps doing the same thing, and uh, yes, that is why I think if this blacker thing blows up, get rid of L.A.
0: Uh, Elway, as, as Field Yates helpfully pointed out, his notable quarterback investments in Denver. Signed Peyton Manning, as you noted. Drafted Brock Osweiler 57th in 2012. Drafted Trevor Simeon in the 7th round of 2015. I don't know if that's a notable quarterback investment, but Simeon started a lot of games. Traded up to get Paxton Lynch at 26th overall. Signed Case Keenum to a two-year two year $36 million contract and now is traded for Joe Flacco. That is a horrific list outside of Peyton Manning. The one that my- might be the most egregious because look, people miss in the draft. Okay, Osweiler made some starts. You got him in the second round. I mean, sure, you took him before Russell Wilson, so that's a that's a red flag. But I mean, you know, you did technically win a Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler, Um Lynch. Uh, you know, I liked him coming out, and, and you got him late in the first round, and Jerry Jones was trying to get him, so whatever. The Keenum thing though is crazy. So now the Broncos are going to try and trade Kay- Case Keenum, or more than likely cut him, which means he will make how much for a single year in Denver, John? Twenty five
1: million dollars. That is just insane. Case Keenum, if he gets released by the Broncos, will have been paid one year, twenty five million dollars, one season. Like that is just mind boggling that Case Keenum can pull in that type of money.
0: Right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I'm looking. I was gonna look up uh most money quarterbacks earned NFL history because I, I like to look this up when um when Brady Quinn is on the uh on the show and just to be like, Oh, Brady, <laughs> like your top like uh, you're like 175 all time. Of course, he's like actually like 105, which means it's pretty good. Like he's made a lot of money. Um, but uh I, I, I think Case Keenum on this year alone would be like a top fifth, like top 25 quarterback by making 25 million dollars. I mean, that's like 25 million dollars is like if you're the number one overall pick and that's your rookie, your entire four year rookie salary structure for Case Keenum. Uh, where do you think Case Keenum could potentially land when we start looking at uh at spots for him? assuming that he has cut or traded.
1: Well, I think that you look at the Giants. I don't think that is crazy because you look at Pat Shermer, Yep, and I, I think that was one of the first places that a lot of people mentioned, and it just it almost makes too much sense. It, it's like Pat Shermer was his offensive coordinator in Minnesota. We saw how well Keith Keenum played in Minnesota, so why not reunite with that guy? And it, look, the Giants have weapons. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Eli Manning. No one seems to know what's going on with Eli Manning. And if you're Pat Shermer, would you think about uh, trying to get Case Keenum and then getting rid of Eli Manning? Or do you keep Eli Manning for 2019
0: with Case Keenum? I, I think you go with both. I don't think Dave Gettleman's going to let him get rid of Eli. Like you can't kick you can't drag Eli back, refuse to draft Sam Darnold and then kick Eli to the curb for Case Keenum, right? But you can bring Eli back, bring Case Keenum in on a trade or maybe a cheap free agent signing, um and and do something where you uh like you have Eli and you start him and if he struggles and you put Case Keenum in, I mean you could potentially do that, I think. But yeah, the Giants are a logical landing spot. You know who else would make sense is the Jaguars. Uh, I can see him going to Jacksonville. What about, uh, what about you cut Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and bring back Case Keenum and, and everybody makes Mike Zipper happy. Is that too, is that too, uh, brash an idea?
1: Well, first of all, we are totally just, uh, blowing our chances here because this is a Valentine's Day podcast and we could have just been talking breakups, uh, Giants breaking up with Eli Manning. I mean, this is all, this is all just, Laid out in front of us, Princeton. Laid out in front of us. But the one thing with Kirk Cousins is that I do not think the breakup makes sense for just cutting him because obviously all his money's guaranteed, and so I think there's another $58 million. So the only reason, the only way Cousins is leave Minnesota is if there's a trade. And is there any team out there that would be willing to pay him the remainder of his contract? And his contract's not that crazy. You know, there's only two years left. I think, what, $58 million. So that's about what you're going to pay a top flight quarterback. Um What about the, what about the
0: what about the Dolphins? The Dolphins could trade for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings could trade for Case Keenum. Who? I mean, who says no? I don't know. Does Kirk Cousins and have a no trade the Vikings? What well, what do you think the Vikings would
1: want in return for Kirk Cousins? Would they just give him away to get rid of the contract or do you
0: think they would ask for a lot? I think that they would just give him away like all right, we just want to get rid of Kirk. I actually know they can't do it, you know, why? because if they get rid of him, uh sixty million dollars in dead cap space next year. Never mind. All right, forget the Kirk Cousins thing. Uh, that was going to be a fun mock draft potential, though. No, that, that's if they cut him. That's if they cut him. If they trade him, is that the? Are you sure it's not the same thing?
1: Yeah, no. If they trade him, it's all the new team picks up his contract, and he only had like a three million dollar signing bonus. So the dead cap would only be if they cut him.
0: You're right. No, it's no, no, all, no. It's all money. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, cause uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, if they trade him before June 1st, you save $27 million in cap. It's $2 million in dead cap space because that's his two signing bonuses. Right, right, right. Cause it's prorated. Sorry. Um, I was, we're doing this on the fly. So forgive me for my, my salary cap math. And if you did it after. And it's Valentine's. Yeah, yeah. And my wife just texted me and this is the worst part breach is that my wife texted me and said she's on her way home because she, she got sick at work. And, uh, her, the gift that I got for her is sitting down at the, like on the counter in the kitchen. So it's like a, a game of chicken to see whether or not I can get down there. It's going to be like Ferris Bueller. I'm going to like, we're going to wrap up this podcast in a little bit, not right now, but I'm going to go flying over that, like the edge downstairs and like slide and be like, Hey, babe, how you doing? What's going on? Don't look at this bag that says Charlotte's on it. Um, I also got her a, uh, a pink phone charger. Dude, how do you think that's going to go over?
1: Well, I think that she loves phone chargers. She's, so she, she loves the color pink. She, lo- if she loves both of the things. I think it's going to go over well. She
0: desperately wants a new phone charger and does, and she loves the color pink. So, um, people are like, wow, what a, what a, what a romantic. This guy got her a phone charger. <laughs> um, it's, she, we've been running out of phone chargers here. She keeps losing them. It's really annoying. Uh, okay. Where else? Uh, let's see. Jacksonville, Miami. Where else would fit for Case Keenum? I mean, I think the problem for the Broncos is like, I mean, assuming that this Kirk Cousins thing, you know, isn't viable, and I, I don't know that I don't think the, I don't think Minnesota can get away with doing that. And I, they would have, they could have brought back Case Keenum if they wanted to in the first place. Um, if the Broncos trade Case Keenum, they will have uh, three million dollars in dead cap space. If they cut him, they'll have ten million dollars in dead cap space. So clearly there's an uh, it's in their best interest to trade him. The question is, who is going to be willing to take on his twenty one million dollar salary next year? Is I mean like like I just don't know that there are a ton of teams out there that make sense for him unless these teams like the Dolphins, like if you're if you want to take Kyler Murray high in the draft and then maybe hold off and, and go with Case Keenum, I get that. But I, I just don't know that there are a ton of teams that make sense. Am I am I crazy?
1: Well, I mean, we can also throw the Redskins in there. They're going to be looking for a quarterback. But, uh, and you know, there's not a lot out there in free agency. That's the other thing. So you might see one of these teams get desperate, throw something at the Broncos. And I think any one of those teams we just named could be that depth team that says, all right, we're going to call LA, we're going to give him what he wants, and we're going to get Keith Keenum. And that's going to be our guy for 2019. They aren't going to be happy about it, but they're going to do it.
0: You know who could actually make sense for Case Keenum? You need to look at the Redskins salary cap table. Redskins have estimated $20 million in cap space. If they can figure out a way to do something with Alex Smith and like figure out what his long-term situation is going to be, Case Keenum could be a viable option for them now that they can't get Flacco. Um, they, you know, they're a team that desperately needs a quarterback. Uh, like we said, the Giants – Could we say that the Bengals could be interested in Case Keenum? The
1: Bengals are not trading for a quarterback. They're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. They are going to go with Andy Dalton for this. It's like the Flacco thing with this year. They're going to go with Andy Dalton in 2019, and then who knows after that. They might be a part of that. They might take a quarterback in 2020 if Zach Taylor doesn't like the way Dalton plays in 2019. But unless – Unless one of these team calls – the Broncos call up the Bengals and say, you know what, we'll give you Case Keenum for a conditional seventh-round pick. So if they just give him away for free, I could see the Bengals mauling it over. But I don't think Case Keenum or even Kirk Cousins, if that trade were to be made, I don't think either of those guys – are a big step up from Andy Dalton. So uh, I just don't think the Bengals make the trade.
0: Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break. Before we do, some breaking news. According to the CFL's official Twitter feed, defensive tackle Poop Johnson has signed with the Toronto Argonauts. So that's very exciting news. Poop Johnson. Uh, That would be the official CFL superstar of the Pick 6 podcast. We're going to take a very quick break, and we will be right back to talk about Antonio Brown's trade demands. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay. All right. We got other big news to talk about. Did I miss anything in the Joe Flacco discussion, by the way? Do you like how I, I'm such a good host? I'm like, hey, John, did I forget anything? I don't think I did, right?
1: You do have a penchant to forget things. Sometimes I think we hit crossed every T and dotted every I in the Joe Flacco discussion.
0: We did a little NEA over, over every C. Uh, let's talk about Antonio Brown, because after I did a podcast with Jason Locke and Fora on Wednesday, Antonio Brown, this always happens. It's so annoying. If you podcast in the morning, news always breaks. You're like, as soon as I get done recording a podcast, news always breaks. And sometimes you just don't have the bandwidth to go back and record it, and so we're going to do a special Antonio Brown section now. Antonio Brown demanded a trade, John, and... Um, formally i mean we know he demanded a trade what is different what has changed other than antonio brown doing crazy stuff on twitter and actually going to the steelers and saying i would like a trade even though you already knew i wanted a trade what what is what am i missing here what has changed
1: i would say what has changed is that he's taken it public you know it, it was always just reports out there jason lock and four has been all over this was the first person to report the trade yep. demands. But reporting trade demands is one thing because you saw the fans in your corner. Fans can tell themselves anything. They can say, well, I don't believe this reporter or that guy's not credible or I just don't – I refuse to believe that Antonio Brown wants to be traded. But now he's put it out there. He's saying, uh, yeah, everyone's right and I want the hell out of Pittsburgh because that's basically what his tweet said. Right? I don't want to be here.
0: Yeah. He said – and he added a song like I'm moving on. Um, I thought it was interesting because I was – Ryan Wilson was working yesterday. Or excuse me, Ryan Wilson was working on, what days, on Tuesday when the Antonio Brown stuff came out. And I talked to him about it and he was saying how you and he were at a PR event at the Super Bowl that Antonio Brown was at and you guys were the only media members there. And I think we might have mentioned this on the podcast. Is it okay to say that Antonio Brown looks insane i mean is that is that is that okay like what like don't you didn't you feel looking at him you're like something is wrong with this guy this guy needs to talk to people this guy needs help i mean what's the you know what's what, what what's your take i mean what's your takeaway on the whole antonio brown thing because to me he seems to be sinking his trade value
1: oh uh, yeah absolutely he seems like someone antonio brown cares about antonio brown he loves him some antonio brown that's what it seemed like he doesn't uh, you know, there were Steelers fans at this autograph signing that Wilson and I intended during Super Bowl week. There were fans of other teams, and he was just, uh, you know, hey, he wasn't smiling for any of the pictures. I mean, I think that's what Wilson and I thought was the weirdest thing, kind of just blowing people off. And it wasn't like he was mean because he was there. He showed up at, he could have not shown up. He could have completely dipped over everyone, but he didn't. And, uh, It was just a weird situation with him. And yeah, every time he does this, I don't think his agent told him, but, you know, when you tweet out that you don't want to be in a city anymore, that kind of kills your trade value because now other teams know that Steelers have to get rid of them because they don't want a drama queen in their locker
0: room. So, and if other teams know you have to get rid of them, that doesn't help your trade value, right? No, hell no. It doesn't help your trade value. It sinks it down. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported, and I think everybody sort of knows this anyway, but um, one G- NFL GM told him that the, the Steelers will, will want a first-round pick for Antonio Brown. And that's great. I'm sure that they do want a first-round pick for him. I don't know who's going to give them a first-round pick for him. Like At this point, he's basically saying, I'm out. I'm done with you guys go get your best offer or else uh, or else but I mean like that's the thing is like what's he what's he gonna do not play not show up I, like, does he does he know how this works he's under contract if he doesn't show up they don't have to pay him. They don't show up. You can put them on some kind of exempt list and they can get things not dealing with it. If they can only get a third round, third round pick for him, they'll just be like, "Nah, we're not going to do. I mean, right. Couldn't they just not trade him? This is, It's kind of weird like that. Yeah. But if you don't trade him and
1: then he shows up, now you have a kind of a crazy dynamic in the locker room. I don't think you want to deal with because we've seen players show up at the last second. Hey, you can't find me until uh mandatory mini camp. So I show up for mandatory mini camp. You can't find me until the first day of training camp. So I show up for training camp. Only show up when you're going to miss a paycheck, and if they don't trade him and he does show up, that just throws a wrench in the locker room. And when you look about landing spots where Antonio Brown might go, I think one of the crazier things, the more I think about it, just doesn't actually seem that crazy, is the Packers. Because if the Steelers want a first-round pick, the Packers have two first-round picks. True. And you also have Aaron Rodgers, who let's say has a three-year window left, and maybe it's more, but I will say three years because he already seems to be taking a tiny, tiny step back, and who knows what happens in the future. And if you're trying to put the best weapons around him, why not give up one of those first-round picks for Antonio Brown, and that would tell him, Aaron Rodgers, that
0: you're all in on winning this Super Bowl while he's still in his prime? That's not a crazy bad idea. I mean – like, your if your goal is to get – because if you add Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown and Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers and a decent offensive line and Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, I'm not sure how you're stopping that offense. Like, Matt LaFleur should be executed in the – in the like, he should be drowned in liquid cheese and then shot to the moon, He'd have his corpse shot to the moon um, if he's not able to lead the league in scoring or be top five in scoring points with that personnel on offense. And if you're the Packers, you have to think, all right, maybe our defense won't be great, but if we, if our offense is incredible enough that it puts us over the top, we can hang with the Bears and the, and the Vikings and, and, and actually compete in this division. So sure, I'm with you. I mean, like, I think it makes sense, but what happens when it's suddenly Antonio Browns and, De- and Devontae Adams are like competing for targets? Is Antonio Brown going to be happy there? Will he get enough publicity if he's in Green Bay? Will the Packers really give up a first round pick for him? I, I don't know. I mean, like, would you, if you're Antonio Brown, would you rather go to San Francisco or Green Bay?
1: Uh, well, are we talking about the living situation or are we talking about where do I think I'm going to have more success team-wise or more success me-wise? Well,
0: since we're talking about Antonio Brown, let's say me-wise. <laughs> more success. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if we're me-wise, I want to go the 49ers. You know, obviously George Kittle had that huge season, but that we see, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, and Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to throw to Antonio Brown on every single play. I think he put up huge numbers in San Francisco. But if he wants to win a Super Bowl ring next season, I feel like the Packers would be the better option. I think he would have to be on a team that has an assertive quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I don't think a Case Keenum could handle Antonio Brown in the locker room or Andy Dalton, but I do think he could work with an Aaron Rodgers or with a younger, brighter coach. Like Kyle Han- Shanahan in San Francisco. So me wise, Antonio Brown best number, San Francisco win a Super Bowl
0: in Green Bay, mm. and it would be the team that beat him in his only uh Super Bowl appearance, right? Did he didn't win a Super Bowl? Yeah, his only Super Bowl appearance was against the Packers, and they lost that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. uh, rookie year, I think. Worth noting, yeah, because I talked to him, and he didn't really play that year because I talked to him at media day. Um, that was my first Super Bowl I covered. I remember being on the ground and talking to him, and he's he, he, like, like, "Man, I was like this like random rookie." Uh, uh, Steelers wide receiver is like the smokiest voice. Like that guy, and like that guy, that guy's gonna be a star. I don't know why that guy's gonna be a star. It turns out I was right. Um, should have written that. Uh, maybe I did. Just can't find it. it disappeared from the internet. Um, what, like, I if you are the Steelers, what would you take right? What would get it done right now? Like, what would get this deal done for Antonio Brown? If somebody calls and offers you a trade, what are you taking to just be done with it? Like a second round pick. A, uh, a third-round pick? What, what what do you need?
1: I am doing the deal right this second if somebody calls and offers a second-round pick. I want a first-round pick, and I think I could get a first-round pick, but this is a lot of drama you don't want to be dealing with. Plus, I think he has a $2.5 million roster bonus due the fifth day of the league year, and the Steelers don't want to pay them that out and then trade them because that's like adding insult to injury. Oh, here's a $2.5 million check, and we're trading you, uh, and – yeah, I don't think they want to do it, So I think that they want to get something done probably as soon as possible. And I have to think a second-round pick would be the spot where you say, all right, we're getting rid of them. We don't care. We don't want to deal with this anymore. Buy Antonio. We'll take our pick. What do you think?
0: Yeah, Ed Bouchette of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette was on with uh, Mike Florio of, of Pro Football Talk, and he said that the Steelers should, quote, take whatever they can get in a trade for Brown – Even if the compensation consists of a conditional seventh-round pick in 2020, Bouchette is basically – and, look, Ed Bouchette's been covering this team forever, and I'm not dogging him, but, I mean, like, he is an older – Reporter type, who clearly I and mean, i think he has a good pulse on what the how the Steelers feel too. That they are sick and tired of Brown's shenanigans. You know, he's having this stuff off the field with the—you know—he's not showing up at court um, after being pulled over for for, for speeding. Um, there's all kinds of different things that have happened to him. Um, you know, he has shaved his—he's like dyed his mustache yellow. Um, you know, he's, he's just acting weird as hell. He's tweeting everything out. He's doing videos with Jerry Rice. I mean, he is a—he is a a. I don't know what's the best word. Like he's, he's gone full TO. I mean, is that the best way to describe it? Like he is basically morphed into the like ultimate 90s diva wide receiver. And I don't know that you can have that guy on this team. Meanwhile, the Steelers are still trying to sort out this whole Le'Veon Bell situation where they want to transition tag him. The Steelers are kind of a mess. I mean, how, how do we even get here? The Steelers are a mess. So yeah, I think, I think if, if somebody called me and said, we'll give you a, a mid to high second round pick. I'm probably yet pulling the trigger. And if somebody called me and offered me a third round pick for Antonio Brown and I'm just getting done with it, I'm probably moving on that as well. Are you um what do you want to see as what is the Bengals fan in you want to see the Steelers do with Brown and Bell? Like like what what, what would make you happy as somebody who roots for a team in the same division?
1: I would say, well, first of all, we could literally start an AFC North podcast based on how this offseason started. We have Kareem Hunt and the Browns the Ravens trading Flacco, this whole Antonio Brown situation. It's just the Bengals are going to be in a headline next week. That is what the law of averages is saying. But as someone who – AFC North, I would say that – I want to see both those guys gone, far, far away from the AFC North. So if the Steelers ship Antonio Brown out to San Francisco, that's all the better. And then Le'Veon Bell, just don't send him to any team in the division. And and like you said, there's a lot of layers with – what could happen with Le'Veon Bell? They could transition, tag, trade. Uh, he might just end up signing as a free agent. No one knows what's going to happen, but as long as he doesn't end up with, in in the AFC North, I'm good. And I don't think he will because I think the Steelers will make sure he doesn't end up in Cleveland or Baltimore or Cincinnati because that would be their worst nightmare and worst-case situation for them. Uh,
0: what do you think about Sean Wagner-McGuff, our colleague, writing a um, a tight-end free agency preview and essentially trolling you? by writing Jared Cook, Jesse James, Trio of Bengals top an underwhelming tight end class. It's only Bengals headline I can find. How do you feel about Sean trolling you and what do you think about the um the uh, the the tight end free agent class cuz it's terrible. It's pretty terrible. I, it actually, is pretty I terrible. actually before the Joe Flacco thing I, I we I forgot we were going to talk about the free agent quarterbacks. So let's just do that instead. Forget about the forget about the tight ends. We'll come back to those later. Um free agent quarterbacks with Flacco now moving on. What do you think about the free agent quarterback list? Uh, if you were like, is Nick Foles probably going to be a free agent? He might be traded. Case Keenum could be a free agent. Would those guys slot at the top uh, based on you know the market that's out there for you? And and do you think that this could be the worst free agent quarterback market we have seen in several years
1: and ever? I think so. Because here's <laughs> the thing, and this is why I'll be surprised if the Broncos cut Case Keenum because they actually have some leverage because there's no one out. On the QB market, Nick Foles might get franchise tag. And then all of a sudden he's in play for a trade and you can't sign him. And then the best quarterback might be Teddy Bridgewater, who's only played one game in two and a half years. So you don't even know if he's any good unless you want to take a risk on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who can't be your starting quarterback. He can only play well if he comes in as a substitute for your injured starting quarterback. (laughs) Uh, And then Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown. I mean, there is no one out there. Worth signing, so I, I do feel like if I'm the Broncos, I'm absolutely holding on to Case Keenum because he's one of the top quarterbacks available, probably top two. Uh, and, and so that's trade bait. You got to hold on to him. You can't cut him. And I am literally holding him till the last second, unless they, no one calls by March 13th when free agency starts. If I'm the Broncos, I'm keeping Keenum until then. Uh,
0: this I found this amusing. So this is Ryan Wilson did the uh, the article on the free agent quarterbacks, and he lists replacement level starters. Nick Foles is the biggest name, which tells you a lot. And then he goes down to Teddy Bridgewater. I would agree with him there. Guys who could start in a pinch, but aren't long-term solutions. As you mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler, Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown, <laughs> Josh Johnson, Brett Hundley. Good Lord. And then number three quarterbacks are starting experience led by Mark Sanchez, Taylor Heineke, and Geno Smith, Matt Castle, Robert Griffin, Brandon Whedon. And Wilson's first sentence for that is, look, every player isn't going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's a depressing list of quarterbacks. So you might be onto something, um, in, in terms of, the need, like if you're the Broncos, you at least have a little bit of leverage with Case Keenum. I also think this is going to result breach in, um, Kyle. Like Kyler Murray made a smart move, not just because of the we talked with Brady Quinn about this, but with like the, the the financials, of, uh, and Jason like but the the financials of the baseball thing. You're gonna make way more money if you're a first round pick. Somebody is gonna draft him in the first round because these quarterbacks, whether it's Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, whoever it is, are all gonna get pumped up in the draft because basically this is a um let's say you have the Redskins, Dolphins, and who else do we mention? The Broncos are now solved their problems. Redskins, Dolphins, and, and, uh, you know. Other Jags. Jags, thank you. Jags, the Giants, maybe sorta. Chargers, maybe sorta. Steelers, maybe sorta. All these teams are kinda, potentially, you know, the Patriots are looking at maybe a, ba- a long-term backup. There's, there's nobody out there. I mean, it's Nick Foles, assuming that he's not franchise tagged. There's Teddy Bridgewater, and then there's the draft guys. I mean, it's, it, it, if you're the Broncos, you're like, look, you want Case Keenum? come and get him. Give us a fourth for him. Take him off our hands. Save us $7 million in cap space. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, this, it looks like John Elway looked at the free agent class, looked at the draft class, was already done with Case Keenum halfway through and said, it's time to move on from Joe Flacco. It's was time to move on from, from Case Keenum and I'm going to shove all in on, on Joe Flacco. And that's sort of the circular roundabout that we have gotten to, uh, with this quarterback class. Any thoughts before we get out of here and I go try and nurse my sick wife back to health on an er, apparently early Valentine's Day? What's up with that?
1: I mean, that is a heck of a Valentine's Day present, nursing your wife back to health. Because think about what if you were like, hey, honey, I can't do anything tonight. I've got a six-hour marathon podcast. just you and the kid, and you're sick, and I didn't get you a present. That would be a worst-case Valentine's Day scenario.
0: Yeah, that sure would, John. Uh, fortunately, and then we transcended the time-space continuum during the course of this podcast, so we went from Thursday back to Wednesday. That's fine. We recorded on Wednesday. Uh, this is the Thursday podcast. Make sure to subscribe uh, and uh, listen on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow John Breach at John Breach on Twitter. Watch him on TBS Sports HQ. Thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. You're my Valentine, Brinson. You're mine, too, Breach.